Amen. Amen. Well, we're, we're, we're happy you're here. We're happy you're free. Amen. So we celebrate Independence Weekend and, and uh, you know, just, just loving life and doing life together. And, uh, you know, here just a while back, we're blessed today because we've got some, from, some friends with us from uh, Spokane. But, uh, and, and they pastor a great church there in Spokane. As a matter of fact, why don't you have your whole family stand? And this is the Peters family, Ken and Valencia and their kids. And it's awesome. Amen. And uh, 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 a while back, I, I saw a post, and uh, it had a it, it had a, a speech on it. And and there's this little girl. And what, the thing that caught my eye was was I happened to run across it. I don't know how it showed up, but they were being really negative about this thing, and, and they were just attacking her. And I thought, you know, man, that takes some guts to be up there. And then, uh, you know, and things turned, and there was there was also support. But the uh, and, and I'm watching this thing, and I'm thinking, good Lord, man, that girl's got some guts. And I, I like people that got a backbone. I'm telling you, you know, hey, hey, I love you, right? I, I love you. So I'm, a, I'm always going to tell you the truth. But this sissified sainthood thing sucks. There's three S's for you. It's at three points for today. Sissified saints suck. And... Uh, you know, it just is so, so crazy because, you know, uh, from, well, the Bible says uh, from the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. You know, if you're going to get what God has for you, you you're going to have to you're going to have to go in and take it. Amen. You, and and this and this little gal, man, she was on there. And so I, I, I contacted her dad, this friend of ours, and said, man, you know, sometime I'd love to have her come share that. And, and they called up. And, hey, it just works out. And I thought, how perfect. For this weekend, as we celebrate freedom, to be able to have her come and uh, and share her speech, and because because she has the right and the freedom to do so, amen. And so, uh, I, come on, hon, come on, give her a hand as she comes. How you doing today? It's awesome. She's huge. Dang. <laughs> so, uh. Uh, Karis, how you doing? Good. You doing really good? Last night I asked her, what's the, what's the one thing your parents told, told you not to tell us? You know, I just want to do a little interview. Um, so uh, what was this speech given for? Um, me and my brother go to a Christian school, and every year we have um, Christian school competitions where kids from all over the world come and compete, and it's at um, a different college university every year, and this year it was in Las Cruces, New Mexico, so we went there to compete. Awesome. What made you pick this speech? Well, me and my dad were um, looking for a certain poem we should do for it, and there's two other ones, and they're really, like, sweet and dramatic, which is what I usually do, and then this one came across, which is, like, a really power preachy poem, which I've never done before, so we didn't think I should do it, but I really felt that God wanted me to do it, so I told my dad, I still have four more years if this doesn't work out, so let's just give it a go. Roll the dice. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And, and then you, you ended up, you know, there was quite, how many people were there? About 2,000 people. About 2,000 people, and you ended up right up on the big stage. How did that happen? Well, I did my speech in front of the three judges and small audience, and um, the judges seemed like they really liked it, so I was happy about that. And then later that day, they called us and said they wanted me to do a command performance, which is when you go and do your speech in front of the whole audience there. So. What was that like? Um, when I was first going up the stairs, I was a little nervous to go up on the stage. And then right when I got there, I just felt God's anointing. And 
I wasn't nervous at all, so it was good. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And then, and, and then, you know, they filmed it, and, and, and people started, you know, parents, you know, parents, anything our kids do that gets filmed, we post, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then it went viral. How did, how did that happen? Um, one of my dad's Facebook friends works for a news website called Q Political, and um, she found it and wrote an article about it and put it up on Q Political, and it just went viral. So. And, and what was the support like? Um... Most of them were good, but there's this one website that said a lot of bad stuff. I was brainwashed and all this stuff about me. And then Glenn Beck came up and stood up for me, and that was really cool. So. That's cool. Glenn Beck, folks, okay? <laughs> National. You get, you get today to hear a speech that's gone viral. It's across the nation. Give her one more hand real quick. My name is Karis Peters. I'm from Covenant Christian School in Spokane, Washington. The title of my speech is God in America by Carmen Dominic Gliciardello and revised by Ken Peters. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay, named synonymous with the spirit of our country, founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened. Since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light, or since... Give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said. Our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life, thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead, you need God in America again. Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, We've staked our future on our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you could even call yourself an American if you subvert the word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, You can't have national morality apart from religious principle. And it's true, because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In 2015, theft and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is to put God in America again. Amen. Abe Lincoln said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. 
So when you eliminate the word of God from the classroom and politics, you eliminate the nation that word protects. America is now number one in drug use and violent crime. Number one in illiteracy and divorce. Every day, a new holocaust of 5,000 unborn die. While immorality floods our streets like open sewers. If there's ever been a time to rise up church, it's now. And as the blood-bought saints of the living God proclaim that it's time to sound the alarm from the church house to the White House and say, we want God in America again. I believe it's time, America, to stand up and proclaim that one nation under God is our demand and send this evil lifestyle back to Satan where it came from. And let the word of God revive our dying land. For Jesus Christ is coming back again in all his glory. And every eye shall see him on that day. And that's why a new anointing of God's power is coming on us. To boldly tell the world, you must be saved. Because astrology won't save you. Your horoscope won't save you. The Bible says these things are all a farce. If you are born again, you don't need to look to the stars for your answers. Because you can look to the very one who made those stars. History tells us time and time again to live like there's no God makes you a fool. If you want to see kids live right, stop handing out evolution and start handing out the word of God in schools. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country is him. If we repent of our ways, stand firm and say, we need God in America again. Thank you. Come on, give it up. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Isn't that crazy? How many believe that? We need God in America again. Come on, we need God in America again. But you know, as believers, we keep wanting God to move in America. But before that happens... He's going to have to be able to move in the churches again. Uh, I mean, we're going to have to get God back where, where he's directing the house. Hello, somebody. And, and in order to have churches that are being led by the Spirit and churches that, are, uh, that, that, that have a heart after God, I mean full-hearted seekers of God, we, we got to have families that are full-hearted seekers of God. You, you know, uh, we, we, come on, guys. We, we, don't, get a, we don't get a dress Everybody outside the building today, we just get to talk to us. 
So, so, so let's you and I, let's just, let's just belly up to the bar for a minute and, and let's see what he's got out here for us. And the reality is, is that I think God's stirring us that we would become wholehearted seekers of God. That, that we'd, we'd break off that complacency and we'd quit looking for comfort. And that, you, you know, I think the church in America is addicted to comfort. And, and anything that's hard, anything that's outside the, you, you know, the realm that we, the, the, uh, of our, uh, uh, you know, of our, our taste, our life, we, we shy away from and, and we claim stuff like, well, grace, I'm under grace. Grace doesn't give you a blanket to hide under. Grace is an empowering agent that empowers you to do what God's called you and, and, and created you to do. We don't have any excuses, man. It's time that we become full-hearted seekers of God. Sometimes, and sometimes, you know, that means that some of the other stuff that's wrapped up all of our time and all of our resource and all of our heart, that we got to cut that stuff aside, man. We got to consecrate. We got to clean out the wells. Hello, somebody. We we got to get excited about God. But before we can have, before we can have families that are just pumping with the heart of God, we got to have some individuals. Come on, let me talk to you men for a minute. You, you know, uh, uh, we'll just go a little bit old school, but I, I really believe that when God said, my son, attend unto my words and hearken unto my sayings, for they are life to those that find them, and health and healing to all their flesh. When he said, my son, I really think he's talking to the men. And, and you know, because a lot of times in the Bible where it talks about the sons of God, I mean, ladies, you've got to be the son of God. If I've got to be the bride of Christ, you've got to be the son of God. But, but, but I, I believe that there's some points where, where God's directing the men. And men, listen to me. I, it's crazy for us to think that uh, our house is going to be a, a, you know, a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place, if we're not the ones leading it. Well, I got a big amen there, didn't I? You, you know, here's, here's the deal. Is, uh, it, it's time to get God back in the, in the heart of men again. Dude, you know the more quiet you get, the more I'm coming after you. Because uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to talk to you like, like, your, like your students. I want to talk to you like your kids, like, like my kids. Because as a, uh, as a pastor, as, as a father, and I'll tell you something, you, you, know, you know the difference. The Bible, says, uh, the Bible says that you can have 10,000 teachers, but you, know, you don't have very many fathers. And, and the difference, the difference is, is teacher's really excited about the information. Father's really excited about his kids. A, a, a teacher will fight to protect the, the data, but a father will fight to protect his kids. You know, uh, 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 are you guys okay if I just be me for a minute? Sure? You walking that level of forgiveness? <laughs> you know, you, you disrupt a class, the teacher will tell you, get the hell out. Father will go through hell to get that information into the heart of his child. Man, I, I, just, I just need you guys to hear this. That we need to get a heart that's on fire for God again. We need the ability to see God moving. And not to overlook it. And, and not to dial it down. You know, we, we don't need to dial it down. We, we, need, we need to turn it up. You know, I, I just think about right here at, at, at the garden and, you know, uh, Father's Day, 21 salvations, 31 baptisms, 1,779 pairs of shoes donated. And, and it, hey, th wow, that was an awesome weekend. And then we go, yeah, but, you know, and, and we dial that down. We ought, to be, we ought to be almost out of control. You know, I, I talk to pastors all over the country all the time. 
And 21 salvations and 31 baptisms is what they get in a year. And the reality is, is that God's doing something here. And we need to see it and we need to recognize it. But we need to also understand that in order to sustain it, we can't be half-hearted. Can't go all weak on him. Hello, somebody. I said, you, you can't afford to go weak. Your, your kids are at stake. Your, your neighborhood's at stake. This community is at stake. Second Timothy 2, Paul's writing, uh, and, and he says, uh, So you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It, there it is again. You, my son, be strong. Be strong. All through the Bible, he talks about strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong. Strength, that's not a suggestion. Strength is a commandment. If strength is a commandment, then weakness is a sin. So when you go all weak, man, you're missing the mark. And, and again, we, we, we try to hide our weaknesses and justify it. Well, you just don't understand what I'm dealing with, and you just don't, you just don't know the forces that are against me, and, 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 this, and that's just not my personality. I'm telling you that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That old thing has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. First Timothy, he said, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. And we need to deal with it as an entity, as a spirit. We, we, need to, we need to look the devil right in the eyeballs and tell him, hey, as for me and my house, we're serving God. Okay, and, and, and this intimidation tactic that the devil's been using all across this country, it ain't going to work at my house. Okay? Uh, I don't care what the threat is. I don't, I don't care what, what the word is. I don't care if, if, if public you know, uh, uh, opinion drops. I don't care. I'm living godly. And I'm not going to look at the world and demand go- more godliness out of them than we get out of the church. You know, we, we, want, we want people that, that don't line up with the Word of God to change their ways, and we want them to change right now because of the drastic trouble that our country's in. But our country's not in the drastic trouble because of the lost. Our country is in drastic trouble because of the weak that are sitting inside churches. Dude, I don't know. I, I hope you're grabbing this today. I'm a little bit jacked up. You know, and, and don't, don't, well, don't, don't, well, he just had a little caffeine today. No, I'm telling you something. The, the, the God wants us to rise up and be who he's called us to be. And this fear thing, man, you know, as you celebrate your freedom, what you need to celebrate today is freedom from fear. I said you need to sell, celebrate freedom from fear. I will not be afraid. Hello? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you are with me. Man, I ain't on my own. He's with me. I got God on my side. I need my eyes to be opened up. I need God to remove the scales from my eyes so that I can see I'm not standing on my own. Man, you know, uh, we, we, all, we, all, you know we, we all got stuff. We all deal with fears. How many of you know fear can be kind of real? Hello? You know, I said fear can be kind of real. Every fear you have really leads back to one root fear. 
Um, a lot of people, you know, you, you, make, you make statements and, and, and you like take ownership of your fear and we justify it and we, and we put it over here on the side. When you were born, you, you only had two fears. And uh, one is the fear of loud noises and two is the fear of falling. Those are only two fears that a human's born with. Last night I said they're born with a fear of public speaking. No, that's the greatest fear in America. It's the fear of public speaking. But that's a learned fear. You weren't born with that fear. Dude, you want me to prove it? Go to the mall. Listen to the children. In, in the foyer today. I want my ice cream! Okay, he ain't got a fear of public speaking yet. Yeah. Huh. You, know, you, you do not have a fear uh, of spiders. See, and you're sitting there shaking your head, yes, I do. No, you don't. Don't shake your head, yes. You're going to be my daughter-in-law in a week. You're going to get a teachable spirit. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. No, you don't. You're going to conquer fear. You don't have a fear of spiders. You have a fear of dying from spider bites. All of our fears go back to that one fear. It's really the fear of death. You, you don't have a fear of heights. Oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. You have a fear of splatter. Okay. It's, where, what, what, what's the fear? What's happening to that fear? Well, fear paints a negative picture of the future and causes you to make negative fear-based decisions. Why? Why would the enemy care? Because a fear-based decision is a decision that God can't honor. When you make a fear-based decision, you lose the strength that you have in Christ. Because there ain't no fear in Christ. Perfect love casts out all fear. As much as peace is a manifestation of the presence of God, fear is a manifestation of the presence of Satan. Fear, I'm telling you, fear doesn't belong in our life. The most common command, and, and I, I know, you know, this grace thing sometimes just drives me crazy because people just think that grace just relieves us of all responsibility. And it does not. You don't get to live any way you want to. Hey, if you're a born-again believer, you don't get to Well, now he's going to start telling us what to I'm not going to tell you, Jack, if you're going to be a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit's going to guide and direct you. Jesus said, you know, that, uh, that, that when he comes, speaking of the Spirit, and he has come, but before he came, Jesus was talking about what it's going to be like after he came. And he said, and when he comes, he will convict and convince and, and, and demonstrate, bring demonstration. He's going to convict and convict. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit does. He brings conviction. We just let the Holy Spirit, you know, that's one of the problems with this is that we, we become so callous to the Holy Spirit. We don't want to live that life. Why? Because we're afraid that it's going to cause us to be set. We, we're not going to fit in. God didn't call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. And I don't mean in some weird, freaky way. I mean that you're, you're in the cubicle next to, the, you know, this guy or this gal, and, and they know your life. You're doing life together, but they watch you, and you don't have the times, you know, when you ought to be slaughtered. It, you know, it, you, no, you, you come up, and, and you've got something on the inside of you. You've got a hope that the hopeless can't quite understand. You do understand the Bible says that there is a peace that nobody can understand that will keep your heart and your mind riveted on God. Man, th that's where you and I ought to be living. No weapon formed against us can prosper. 
every tongue that rises against us. We can condemn. How do we condemn it? By living contrary to what that word tried to proclaim. The, word, the, the world will say, you ain't ever going to make it. And I'm thinking, hey, the guy's shouting it can't be done. Ought not be interrupting the people who are doing it. But we, you know, we want to have a voice in America. Man, you, you got to get one in your house. I wish you could look this way. Oh, man. Some of you guys, you know, man, you, 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 you kind of need to crank it up just a little bit. You got a three-year-old sitting in a high chair with her arms folded saying, I'm taking over this joint, and you're afraid they're going to. We got to get a backbone. Hello, somebody. I, I said, we, it's, time for us, it's time for us to get strong. Finally, my son, be strong in the grace. Here's what that grace is for, to give you strength, not to give you an excuse. It's to give you strength, not to give you an out. Man, don't you, don't you devalue the grace. Well, you know, I just believe that all roads really lead to God. just want to choke you out for Jesus. <laughs> Universalism. Uh, you, you just think for a minute. If that was true, if that was true, that... Uh, Regardless of the lifestyle, we're all going to have the same outcome. That's what it's teaching, right? Live any way you want. It's all going to be good. Okay? All roads, all roads lead to God. Well, then God is a jerk. Because he had Jesus suffering agony. He had Jesus to the point that he's sweating drops of blood. He had Jesus, his body was, was, was abused and torn and ripped apart. And he was nailed to a cross. And he, Jesus went to hell and rose again. And if all roads lead to the same place, then what a cruel thing to do to Jesus. But you, can't have, you can't have this weak mindset. Well, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, just just whatever, you know. I, I I just I just want my kids to have their own decision in this. Train up a child. Train up a child in the way he should go. You know, man, uh, Shelby and I are blessed. We have three wonderful sons, and they're men of God. And I want to tell you something. There were times that that was not what they wanted to do. I didn't care. There are not enough words in the English dictionary to describe how much I don't care, son. As for me and my house, we're serving God. Well, yeah, but then later in life, they hold it against you. They're on the front row. They're on the platform. They're serving God. What's your fear? What's your fear? Well, my fear is that they're not going to love me. That fear paints a negative picture of the future so that you'll make a fear-based decision that God can't honor. And then you pray fear-based prayers that God can't respond to. Fear in itself isn't the issue. It's your reaction to fear. Remember Jehoshaphat? Second Chronicles, I think it's chapter 20. You can go read it later. Uh, but the armies had gathered together against them, and they were coming, and they, they weren't taking them out to lunch. They were there to take them out. 
Bible scholars say that the odds against Jehoshaphat were 20,000 to 1. For every one of us, there's 20,000 people in the parking lot, and they're here to kill us. And it says, and Jehoshaphat greatly feared. And, 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 and in the side margin, it says, duh. Yeah, they greatly feared. Yeah, they greatly feared, but look at what they did. But, but they turned their eyes to God. They set their eyes on God, and they started crying out to God, and he, said, and he started reminding God of promises. He started saying, hey, God, aren't you the God that told us that when we came through this land to leave these suckers and to leave them alone? And we did. Now look at it. Aren't you the God who told us that you'd always be with us and that you'd always be on our side? Aren't you the God? And they started reminding God, and he said, God, this thing is bigger than we are. Neither do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you, God. See, here's our problem is our eyes aren't on God. And I'll, I'll just be blunt this morning. Our eyes aren't on God. We're not, we're not watching God. We're not, can, why? How can you say that? Because of the response that we had to 21 salvations, 31 baptisms. The, the response we have, that is, it, it's not like we're seeing. It's like we don't really see what God's up to. Why? Because, well, we're, we're worried. We're, 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 we're anxious about our own situation. Man, I got some stuff going on in my life. I got some bills to pay. I, 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 I got a sickness that, that, that's attacking my body. I got a relationship problem. And we get anxious about these things, and they cause our focus to be shifted onto us instead of onto God. We're not looking at God. We're looking at me. Our prayer life is, hey, God, this is what I need. This is what I want. This is the door you need open for me because I got a plan. But you got to understand something. If your eyes were on God, you'd realize that he's got a plan, and his plan's better than your plan. And his perspective is better than your perspective. See, what we end up doing, we end up fighting with each other to protect issues, and what we need to do is fight with each other to protect relationships. And this relationship with God, I'm telling you, that's the number one. I said, that's the number one. You and I don't need to agree on anything. You and I need to agree with God on everything. We need, we need, to, we need to get back to this thing. You know, we, we, we're letting anxiety rule and reign. Philippians 4, uh, starting at verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Moderation is selflessness. Quit living so selfish. People ought to be able to look at you and know that you care. Not just about you. But you put others first. That, that, man, when, they, when the world looks at the church, they ought to see insane generosity. I said, when the world looks at the church, they ought to see insane generosity. No strings attached. What can we do to bless you? That ought to be, that ought to be our heart towards each other. That ought to be a culture that we are developing in, in everything that we do, that we just live to be generous. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious. You know, you know, you know the Bible, I told you, you don't get to live any way you want to. The Bible's full of commands. I said the Bible's full of commands. Well, I, th I thought we were, we, we were free from the law. No, here's the deal, guys. Think about it. You don't even get to think. The, you can't think anything you want to think. The Bible tells you what thoughts to bring captive. Put that thought in jail. Then, then he says, now, think on these things. And he's telling you how to think. You can't even think what you want to think. You're supposed to think what he thinks. The most, the, the most common command in the Bible is fear not or don't be afraid. Or don't be anxious. 365 times in the Bible, one for every day of the year, there's a commandment. Don't you live in fear. Don't you live in fear. Why? Because of, 11, because of Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
You can't, you can't be directed by fear. You can't let fear be making your choices. Some of you guys don't obey God because fear is sitting on the throne of your heart. He said, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety is an emotional state that's paralyzed because of something that you don't have control over. So we end up paralyzed in our faith. We're not, we're not walking this thing the way we should walk it. Come on, let's get real today. Now, and I'm, I'm not telling you we're all losers. I'm telling you that God wouldn't ask us to do something he hadn't equipped us to succeed at. So God, he, God's already told us. We know his word, right? Because it, down in, in chapter 4, if we keep going, it's going to say, I have strength. For all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with strength. Through Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is the anointing. And, and the same anointing, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now quickening your mortal body. And you, you, you have an anointing on your life. You have a grace. You have a grace. And, and, and Paul was right. And remember, and he said, be, be strong, my son, in the grace that's in Christ. Come on, start operating in your grace. Operate in your strength. Don't you get anxious about anything. You don't let anything produce anxiety in your life. When anxiety comes up, when a fear comes up, all that does is readjust your prayer list. Because whatever it is that I'm anxious about, he says what to do. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in what's everything? In, in any anxiety, in every anxiety, let your, let your prayers, let your requests be made known unto God. So when anxiety pops up, all you got to do is say, okay, we're praying about that right now. And we're going to take the word of God to this thing. We're, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna demonstrate Satan's defeat because we're going to live out the word of God. You know, the first thing that you need to do, I'm going to tell you how to overcome fear this morning. And the first thing you need to do is admit them without shame. So everybody's dealing with fears. Said so everybody's dealing with fears. Well, if I, if I do this, then that might happen. Man, you got to conquer that thing. Jesus dealt with fear, but he overcame it. You know how you overcome it? You act above it. You just act above it. Courage, Mark Twain said it, courage is not the absence of fear, it's the mastery of it. See, there, there are promises that God wants you to possess. How many, how many of you have promises that you'd like to possess? Come on, hold your hand up, let people see. Don't be afraid. Talking about no fear. Jeez. I don't want to raise my hand. Somebody will see me. Just reach over and slap your neighbor one time. It'll be good for him. Man, we got, we got these promises. Yeah, but you have to possess them. You have to possess it. The word possess. Remember when they went in and possessed the land? You're going to go in and possess something. The word possess means to drive out the previous tenant, make him poor and dwell in his place. You got to drive out the enemy. You got to drive out the enemy. Because and here's why. Because remember Joshua and Caleb, and remember the twelve spies and ten came back and they're all negative. And then you got these two guys going, "What are you guys talking about? We can do this." Man, we we've grown up our whole life. This is this is the very thing that God's told us about. God's already told us that, that He's He's with us, that He's given us the land. He's already told us that He's going to defeat all these guys. Let's go get this thing. Yeah, but the giants were huge. Yeah, but the grapes, man, the grapes. And, and, and remember those, listen, they, they wanted to go possess, possess the promise. I'll tell you this, and, and don't ever forget it, that where God places a promise, I think Satan places a giant. 
You, you got you to get this. That You know what? The enemy's trying to move me by making, you know, the, the biggest regrets that you're ever going to have in life will be, will, will be the, the result of fear-based decisions. If you ever make a decision in faith, and I'm gonna, nope, we're trusting God. You're never going to regret that. You got to, you got to, you, you, you got to, number one, you, you, you got to turn the light on. You know, because fear, first thing it wants to do is cause you to feel shame. Well, they're going to think I'm weak or they're gonna, I'm not going to be a man or wh- whatever it is. And, and shame always leads to hiding. And if you hide it, man, it's just going to grow and get bigger and bigger. It's going to fester. But if you take the word of God, the light, man, you take the light and you shine the light on it. Say, okay, without fear or without shame, I'm just going to admit it. I have some fears. I've got some, you know, some of you guys need to do this in, in the realm of finances. You just need to go to God and you need to say, you know what, God, I'll tell you, you know, man, we, we want to obey you financially, but we're scared to death. I'm afraid that if I do what your word says to do, I won't be able to pay my bills. I'm afraid if I, yeah, I'm afraid if I obey you that it's going to take us under. I'm, I'm afraid. And you need to openly confess that to God and quit trying to justify disobedience. Hello? And, and, and you, you, need to, you, you need to openly confess your sins, and then you need to submit that fear to God. And you just need to say, you know what I'm going to do? is uh, I'm, I'm going to put my hope and my trust in you, God. You're, you, you will ever be set before me. My eyes will be on you, and I will not be moved. You won't leave me in this trouble. And then you need to recognize God's presence and his love for you. See, because if, if you could see how much God loves you, if you could really see the love of God, let me tell you something, you'd never fear again. You know, if your daddy was Bill Gates, do you think you'd have any financial fears? No. I can go out and totally mess up, and he, he, he's got my back. Well, do you know your daddy is better off than Bill Gates? You understood how much he loved you? Remember that this is real love, not that we love him, but that he loved us. He sent his one to take away our sin. And I don't stand before God a loser. I stand before God holy, righteous, blameless in his sight. I'm not afraid to admit that there's areas in my life that God's working on and that he needs to work on. And I'm not afraid to admit that there are times that anxiety, good Lord, last night during worship, it was going so bad. I was thinking, oh, Jesus, I have to preach after this. I was afraid, but I overcame it because Shelby made me. You know, we, we all deal with this stuff. We just, need, we just need to lift up our eyes. We need to change our perspective. We, we need to look at God's perspective is bigger than yours. Some of you guys, you, you're dealing with some great fear. I know I'm talking to the right people. You're dealing with some great fears. Man, there's financial fears. There's emotional fears. There, there's relational fears. But you need, you need to just say, okay, God, I admit it. I, 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 I want to live your way seeking your way.
I know there's a way that seems right to me, but the end is not what you declared at the beginning. So I'm going to focus on the end that you declared and let you direct my way. God, without your strength, I am not going to pull this off. You just need to submit that fear to God and just say, okay, Lord, there it is. And, 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 but I don't, want it, I don't want it making my decisions. I, I don't need that fear. I don't need that fear controlling my future. God, I want my future in your hands. So God, today, I know that you love me. I know that you love me more than anything. And God, uh, you, you, you are, your love for me is extravagant and, and it's crazy. And, I, I, and I'm just going to let you, I'm just going to let you uh, uh, bring peace into my life right now. Because if I, if, I, if, I, if, if, if I refuse to let anxiety rule, and in everything, prayer and supplication, make my request to you with thanksgiving, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep my heart riveted on you. Let me just close with this. You're not going to have peace living life separated from God. There is no peace for the wicked. Why? Because you can only give what you have. You, you can't convey a thing that you don't own. You got to own it to convey it. You got to have some to give it. And you know what? The devil don't got peace. So he can't give it. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So if you will run to him today, let me tell you what will happen. Your life will begin to be overwhelmed with peace. And fear will begin to be driven out. You know what I want you to do? I want you to close your book and bow your head for just a minute. And some of you guys, you're in this room, and I don't know, maybe uh, uh, maybe the, the sinner's prayer, something like that. Maybe you've never prayed it. Maybe you've prayed it a hundred times. That's not what I'm saying. If you're here today and you know that what it's time to do is to get God back on the throne, man, you gotta, you got to have this one moment of courage where you, where, where you, without shame, just admit, man, I've let, I've let another voice rule and reign my, in my life. And today, I'm getting Jesus on the throne. I, I want the Prince of Peace to rule my heart. And, and I'm going to make this prayer that we're all going to pray. I'm going to make it my prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I won't call you to the front. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I'm going to get real with God so God can be real with me. I'm making this prayer my prayer. Right here and right now, I'm ready to surrender to God. If that's you, all nobody's looking around, just hold your hand up so I can agree with you. Thank 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 you. It's awesome. You guys can put it down. Anybody else? That's awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Just say, okay, today, man, I, I'm, I'm going to let Jesus. Thank you, man. That's awesome. I'm going to let Jesus take control. It's awesome. Thank you. So cool. And everybody in here, pray this. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your peace. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness come into my life change me from the inside out give me hope give me vision i choose to live for you in the mighty name of jesus i thank you for saving me thank you for setting me free amen come on give god one more big shout big praise celebrate